Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. So today, um, I'm going to give this table back to, um, to Ben, if I may. Um, give it up for Ben one more time. Come and join the production crew, the best crew. Uh, we're continuing a series on relationships. We've looked at God, relationship with God. We've looked at our relationship with ourselves, like healthy self-image, and we've looked at that last week. And this week, we're going to look at our relationship with others. And it's a good moment to think about these things because we're living in a world where the headlines are dominated by what happens when relationships go wrong between individuals and states. And when conflict becomes a thing, it's a sign of relationship with others breaking down. But of course, as Christians, we are created as relational beings. We're made in the image of God. And God is uniquely, in all of theologies of world religions, in the Christian view, a God who is in relationship with himself. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's actually a God who, at his very heart of his being, is in relationship with himself. So to be in relationship with each other is like in the heart of what it is to to, to follow God. And not only that, but God says we are made in his image, male and female, in the image of God in Genesis. And that means that we are created as beings who are relational. What an amazing thought. And so our challenge is people who are on their way to heaven, who are working out grace in our lives, is how do we live in such a way that our relationships get better, we grow in our health in the way we relate to each other as individuals, as single people, as married people, as families and dating and all areas of life. What does Jesus say about how we relate to one another? And I want to begin by um, framing this uh, before I welcome our panel up. It's not just four empty chairs. Uh, they are going to join me in a moment. But I want to say that, that none of us have got this right. None of us are starting from a place where we're perfect. And this is a place, as a church community, we're on a mission to bring hope. We don't judge I want you to know that. We're not in a position to judge anybody. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You may think your relationship's perfect. Great, that's great for you. Let me tell you, I, I don't come from a place my relationship's been perfect. I grew up in a single parent family. My, my family were very dysfunctional. Maybe you've grown up in that kind of environment uh, where I haven't seen a healthy model of marriage in my parents. Uh, we're not here to kind of judge or condemn. Rather, what I want us to do today is say, actually, as broken people, people who are saved on our way to heaven, people who are all figuring it out without judging one another, how can God help us to grow in our relationships? Does that sound all right? Okay, so would you welcome our panel, Tolu, Kemi, and Mark, come on up right now. Um, so as you can't, Mark, come and join us. Um, Kemi and Tolu, good to have you. Um, just while you're coming up, introductions. Everyone knows Mark. Mark's the associate rector. Uh, not everyone knows Tolu and Kemi. So Kemi, just tell us a bit about your life, your relationships. And we have four lovely daughters and been married for nearly 20 years. So How yeah. old are your daughters? 16, 15, 13 and 11. Great, so many questions. <laughs> As the parent of a 14-year-old, <laughs> I'm like, tell me everything. Tolu, tell us a bit about your life. Um, well, I'm, I'm Tolu. I've been in the UK now about 14 years. Um, I was just going to come for a year, do my master's and head off, and here I am 14, days, uh, 14 years later. Um, yeah. Tell us about your, like, you work, what you do mm. for a living, where do you live? 
So I, I moved to Barking not so long, not so far away, about half an hour drive. It's not too bad. Um, I'm a change manager by profession, and what that means is that when organizations decide they want to transform, they want to do things differently, I'm that one in the room asking, so what does this mean for people? How do we bring people along the journey? Um, yeah, that's what I do. So that's, and that's interesting, I hadn't even thought about this. Um, you must deal with relationship breakdown the whole time, right? Yes. In the a workplace. Lot. Sorry, a lot. <laughs> what does it look like when relationships go wrong? Um, I think from the first thing that I notice in a, in a corporate setting is the fact that there tends to be a gap, like a difference between what is intended, like say for example, the, the vision, the heart of senior leadership. There tends to be a bit of a gap between what's intended and what is heard. So management is saying something and the people hear something else, that tends to be the first sign that dysfunction is on the way, and then it leads to distrust, et cetera, et cetera. So part of the first thing you do in change management is make, trying to make sure that what is said and what is heard is as similar as possible. Okay, so first takeaway, like communication is important in relationships. Yes. Turn the person next to you. Say communication is important in relationships. There are some like there are some people like poking their partner right now. I told you, you heard it from the front. <laughs> Kemi, like raising a teenagers, raising a family, you must deal with. Um, I mean, corporate change is easy. Like, like, how do you navigate like healthy relationships as a parent? I think talking um, and communicating at your children's level, because sometimes you think you know it all as an adult, but I feel like my children teach me more <laughs> than I've taught them in um, the years that they've been born. So I think, um, and, you know, as Christians, I think communicating with God, I think really you do that and a lot of the issues are solved because he will always be trying to soften your heart, whether you want it or not. And that really helps your communication with your family. I think that is, that is really key. So let me dig into that a bit. You talked to as Christians. Like, does it make a difference being a Christian in relationships? Like, all of us here, and some of us be on a journey. Yeah, some people sure. in the room may not say that they're Christians yet. Um, but, but equally, like, is there a difference between how we approach relationships as Christians to how you might, if you were like, well, it doesn't make a difference, that Jesus doesn't make a difference to my life. What is it uniquely that's Christian about the way you'd relate I suppose, um, you know, because my relationship with God is central, everything flows out of that. You know, there isn't just my, myself and my husband and my family. There is God and, there, and Jesus and myself and my husband. And I th think if I'm trying to please God, actually it's so much easier to please them um, and to love them because... You know, there's so much richness in relationship with Jesus, the fact that he died on the cross for us so that I don't have to be to kind of pay the price for all the bad things that I've done actually helps to really soften my heart when I keep on thinking actually I'm just someone who has sinned and been has been forgiven it's so much easier to relate to my husband and my children as people like that as well so yeah, yeah. Mark reflecting on that um uh, I'm waiting for like a stitch-up question I feel, I feel like everyone else is going to get a nice one <laughs> Go on, reflecting. Yeah, on I've, got, I've got a stitch-up question no. coming later. Um, but um, when you think about 
how we relate. Theo- I mean, let's be theological at the moment, for a moment. Um, well, that's a, that's a bad question. Let's not be theological, because that's just, that's just me thinking about Jesus God. Jesus broke down the sacred and, sec- uh, sacred and secular, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. So I don't want to... I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's all, just, it's all from theology. From the perspective of, of like, what the Bible says about how we relate, what can we practice as a community that will make a difference in our day-to-day relationships, like whether it's with your parents, whether your colleagues, your friends, your partner. Like, what does it mean to, to actually practice Jesus-shaped relationship? Well, I think, um, I mean, great question. I think one of the things, I guess, that I'm learning from my kids is um, I'm learning the need to apologize and almost submit myself to my kids in my learning as a parent. And I think a little bit, with um, the way that postures you is to listen. And actually, in terms of how I relate to God and to my kids, there's, a, there's an interdependence that's needed, I think, with uh, relationship and, uh, you know, with healthy rela- relationship, where actually I say, I can't do this by myself. I'm going to need you to help shape and form me. And so I think a little bit in the way that God designed us, he didn't design us to be islands that are trying to just navigate it alone. He needs... He puts mirrors around us and he puts the truth of his word around us to remind us that we're sons and daughters, that we are being raised, that we are being grown up, that we also are broken. And, uh, you know, in the way that the disciples journeyed with Jesus, every journey was an opportunity for him to teach them a a gracious lesson, I think. So, um, yeah, I feel I need to look to my wife for affirmation because, you know, in many ways it's that, um, how do you say sorry quickly? How do you not hold power over someone? Jesus came to serve and not be served. Um, Jesus emptied himself, it says in Philippians 2, and that's a lot of where we get our focus of how Jesus did life, is that he chose to um, descend that life of power and say, okay, how do I orientate my day? And then just one practical thing is, um, one of the things uh, some really good friends of mine asked me is, um, does uh, does my diary reflect my desires? and my priorities and um, if many ways uh, one of the things is I can give everything to work uh, and get home and have nothing left for family and friendships and yet God has called me just as much to steward those things as he has uh, the work I you know that you might do nine to five and so I guess my encouragement would be to encourage like uh, the tide of energy to flow in to like to use the analogy like the harbour of your personal lives um, and really offers much in those places, and I think you'll see things really flourish at home. Yeah. Um, hold that mic. Okay. I'll go into this in a moment. Um, I think it's really important when you said I, I resonated when you said something along the lines of reaching out to your family, the kids, and say, "Help me do this." Um, it's quite important. I'm going to go back to corporate for a moment. Um, but a lot of times when we are navigating change, we tend to find sometimes a very well-meaning, from a very well-meaning place, the person with maybe the power who's leading the change just takes it all on themselves. I am going to make this okay. I am going to do this and I am going to fix that. But actually, where the power comes in is when we enable the people who are going to be recipients of the change to help shape how you navigate it, right? So sometimes it's really well-meaning, where like you said before, you want to just work harder and dig deeper, and I'm going to fix this, and I'm going to get better, and it's going to be okay, because, but actually there is power in saying, like I said before, this is the intent, 
this is where I think I might need help. Can we come together and navigate this change together? I think, yeah, there's, a, there's power in that, for sure. Can I draw you in now? I mean, I'd love to know what you think on this. I'm, I'm taking, I'm soaking it all in. No, I, 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 um, I think it's really, it's really easy when we're sitting here um, to think, oh goodness, everybody else's relationships must be better than ours. Or like, you know, I, I, I know when you're single, it's easy to feel you're the most single person in the room. When you're struggling with a relationship or a marriage or you're thinking, oh gosh, am I accepted here because of my relationships? It's easy to think that you're um, an outlier or you're on your own. Um, but I think there's something, well, obviously the first thing to say is you're not. Um, and we're all in it together. I've yet to meet anybody who doesn't struggle with their relationships. Like, I've yet to, I mean, I'm married to the very patient Liv, who's at the back here, and we've been married for 20 years, and, like, let me tell you, we have practiced every kind of argument and fallout and continue to do over those... We just had 20 years of practice of conflict resolution, and um, that's, like, you know, don't, please don't, like, think that everything is insta-perfect you know, the fact is life is hard. We, you know, we struggle with our mental health and that impacts, the first thing it impacts is our relationships around us. Um, we struggle with, um, you know, the pressures that come at us, whether it's, you know, the, the, what others will think of us, what, how we think about others. You know, there, there's, there's so much often chance for dysfunction and breakdown. But the reason I'm still a Christian after 25 years or a little bit more of, of knowing that Jesus is alive and he loves me is because I've got nowhere else to go that's going to help me live well with those around me than Jesus. Um, and like for me, for my model, I mean, I, I was just reading this just now, but like um, Jesus says this in John 13, um, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Yes. You, you know what I mean? That, that's like a crazy... Um, Oh, you're so clever to get that up. Look at that. Look, but the point is, Jesus is like, here's the new command I'm giving you. Love one another. It's like that, that is like literally yeah. the gospel that Jesus gives us. He says, here's what you're going to go and do. Love one another. So love is like the basis for currency in our interpersonal relationships. But not only that, but he goes a bit further. He says, I've loved you, so you must love one another. No, it's, not, it's not like conditional. It's like, it, it, it's absolute like this is a non-negotiable for us as Christians and then not only that you know people are going to know that you're Christian if you love one another so actually the mark of our Christianness is how we relate to one another and how we love one another and then I'm thinking well what does love look like and in my life I'm like I keep going back to that famous passage in Corinthians I'm going to try and find um, yeah it says this love is patient love is kind doesn't envy doesn't boast is not proud does not dishonor others it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. He continues, the greatest of these, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And you know, I, I find myself going time and time again back to that passage. You know, I think about our kids and Liv and I's relationship and even the relationship with my friends or the team I lead at work or whatever it is. Like, I've got to lead out of that place of love. Um, and that's challenging. Man, is that challenging. 
Yeah, I look through that list, patient. <laughs> the first one, it's always patient. You know, I'm like, oh, can they tuck it in at the end? You know, <laughs> further down. Uh, but, you know, we think about Ukraine right now. Love does not delight in evil. Love perseveres, it protects. These are relevant things. Jesus is never irrelevant to how we relate to one another. So really helpful, guys. Let me be really specific. Let's die, let's sort of, we haven't got a huge amount of time, but I, I think when we talk about relationships, obviously people want to know about, well, let's talk about interpersonal friendships, which we covered a little bit. Talk about marriage, talk about singleness. Yeah, it's been a real um, challenge, I think, during the pandemic. To, to relate to one another. We know in our lives we've not seen the friends we'd like to see. Talking to people, many people have not had an opportunity to meet new people and go on dates and that kind of stuff. And then we ran, I mean, just, we ran this speed dating thing. Everyone had a slight giggle about speed dating. Mark, just give us the update on that. I wasn't there, just, just, um, just in case I'm very happily married. We, um, no, there was an amazing, on um, Valentine's Day evening, um, 22 churches uh, were represented in the room, and um, yeah, a f- over 100 or so people, and it was an incredible night, age categories of, um, you know, different people having a chance to meet um, those uh, yeah, around them that share their same faith and values, and so it was a really special night. I think there was over 40 connections made, whatever that means, like dates potentially Un- lined that up. for us. Don't leave that hanging. Uh, well, no, I, think, um, like, like, I think you both tick a box if you, if you liked the interaction that you had and then, um, and then the team connected them uh, for a date beyond it. So switch wedding would be... The first be, switch uh, wedding, yeah, come on. It. So if you'd like to be that person... But, but I guess, <laughs> you know, there's no... Uh, yeah. But I guess the point is we want, we want to encourage people to date healthily and not be afraid of that. Um, and also not stigmatize singleness. I think that's an important thing. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this, but I know that um, singleness in the Bible is a calling. It's not something that, you know, in the same way marriage is a, is a calling. Um, the, the two are not like, it, the goal here is not for the, the church to sort of say, well, you know, to be valid, you have to be married. We want to uphold and support and honor marriage as a sacrament, but also we want to encourage and support those of you who are called and those of us who are called to, to, to champion what it looks like to be healthy as an individual. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on this, like, let's start with singleness, let's move on to healthy dating, but singleness, I guess, um, as a concept, sometimes it's considered like a, a thing, like, like not to be championed, but I know it, it, it is. I can go, I can say something. Um, so, firstly, I'm Nigerian, right, and in my culture, it's a big deal. It's like, you get educated, you get a job, and then you get married, and then you have kids, and then that's how life goes. Um, and I'm single, and for a very long time I struggled with that. First because I didn't accept that as the standard journey, I struggled with that a little bit. So there was a lot of anger towards the system that demanded that from me. But the more I got closer to God, the more I realized that actually my struggle, yeah, the culture was demanding that, But the reason it felt, like you said before, stigmatized is because in my own heart, I hadn't resolved who I was in Christ. The minute I spent that time resolving who I was in Christ, yes, the demand still stings, but actually it's not as as big anymore. Because that validation becomes secondary, tertiary even, because at the core of it, I am loved by God, and he's pleased with me. 
So I think maybe for, for me, that was how I resolved singleness in a culture that demands that, of course, it's the next thing you do. And yeah, every now and again, when the anger or defensiveness arises in me, I just go, ah, it's time to go back to the foundation. I am loved by God, and he's proud of me. Wow, that's amazing. I think we can, I'm not going to add anything to that. Um, that's pretty much the perfect um, way to approach things. I mean, let, let me ask us the question, and again, we haven't prepped for, for this, you know, we, we're doing this together as just in conversation, but um, I, I, what does it look like for us as a, as a community to support and encourage people at every stage of life, like in relationships? So it's so helpful hearing you say that, Tolu, because I think um, singleness can become stigmatized. Jesus, of course, was single. Like why it's considered like, you know, I think that, that's the key thing. But also we want to encourage healthy relationships, healthy friendships, healthy marriages. Um, I, I'm aware that there is, like, I come from a background where, um, you know, my family has, is not perfect. Um, I had this weird thing I was saying to my wife this morning, Liv and I were chatting, and I was reflecting that I'd been married longer than my, any of my parents been married. Been, my father was married three times. When you add all the times he was married together, I've now been married to one woman longer. And I was like, that just feels, it's a thing. It's weird. I'm carrying baggage and a story from the past. And also there'll be others in the community who've got divorced or never got married or feel um, that the, the world is judging them for the choices they're making in their relationships. I want to be clear again. There is no place in the church community for judgmentalism. Uh, we're a community of, of hope and love. And we welcome everybody, regardless of your background, your orientation, your gender. You are loved and you're welcome here. And so it's not that we're not trying to create a community of exclusivity. In fact, the gospel is the opposite. It's one of inclusivity. It's Jesus saying, come, come and sit at the table. You're loved, you're welcome. And that's super important for us to understand. But I guess the, the, I wanted just to ask you, maybe start with you, Kemi, like how can we as the room and on those watching online today make sure this is the kind of place where people feel included, feel welcome, don't feel judged, don't feel like, well, this is the sort of God's plan A and you're living God's plan B. Because I think what you're saying, Toto, which is so helpful, is that God's plan A for every one of us is to be obedient to what he's calling us to do. How can we foster that kind of heart here? Uh, <laughs> um, I think the best way I can describe it is how I have relationships, is that I found having a tribe of friends, really, really good friends, and born out of actually my connect, my old connect group, not my new one, that we pray together. And I think that has really, really helped. And just to be in relationship and encouraging each other. So, I mean, I would encourage all of you, if you're not in a connect group, to, to find one um, and to keep going until That's you good. found a really, a really good yeah. one. Um, because some of those people in the connect group we pray together on a regular basis and some of us are single and some of us are married some of us have children some of us don't have children so we are actually doing life together in in all different forms and that's I think you see that in the disciples as well they were all different I mean we don't know the whole of their history but they were all different and they all did life together as they were walking with Jesus and as you were saying one of the great things about Jesus is he went and spent time with the Father. We're going through in um, 
the School of Life, we're going through the book of Luke. And actually last week we were talking about how Jesus had gone and he was talking to the people in the temple. But just before that, he was away in the wilderness spending time with the Father. So he was really refreshed by that. And I think that time in prayer with the Father, with God the Father and God the Son, Holy Spirit, and the time with your friends in Connect Group does make so much difference. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I think it's really important to have really healthy relationships. Um, And you can do that. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be through the Connect Group, but actually find a tribe of people that you do connect with and pray with them. (laughs) I think that is one of the things that's really helped me. I guess um, separately, one of the things I, I, I want to suggest is if, if you're in a phase of life, to really go intentionally after the phase that you're in. So I guess if you're in a relationship thinking about marriage, uh, there's moments to train almost for what you're walking into in the knowledge that um, kind of forearm, like, you know, like go and prepare yourself for it. Um, for my wife and I, we've done the marriage course sort of every, I can't think, three or four years as a a refresher around some of the things that are foundational to the phase of life that we're in, in the knowledge that we don't live in a vacuum where where we remain untainted through life. There's moments where key lessons need to be retaught again and again and again, like you do with any child. Um, And so, you know, I'd I'd encourage you to think intentionally about um, providing spaces for yourself to, and that might just be in conversation. So a, a lot of it might just be to say to your friends, hey, here's what I'm walking through. Can you help remind me of who I am? Can you speak life uh, into me? And you know, these are my vulnerabilities, my frailties. Here's some of the things I struggle with. Um, can you help me in the phase of life that I'm at? Other thing you can do is join a crew. Nothing sexier is there to, uh, to someone else to see you like walking in ministry. Meet someone in service. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Meet someone on the street. I'm <laughs> serving the Lord. <laughs> I'm just joking. Pray before your drum, all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So I actually have a question. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So as a single person, I one of the things that I think about is capacity. Right? I um I feel like life is already full. One of the things that goes whoa when I think about relationships is how do I fit that in? So I guess my question to the married people is talk about capacity, like yeah, how do you how do you do it with everything else? You don't. I mean, honestly, I remember when I got married, someone said to me, you're going to lose 50% of your capacity in ministry. I was leading worship, traveling the world. They said, yeah, that's going to be over. You're going to... So I think the reality is you can't, we all can't do everything, can we? Um, which is Paul's argument for singleness in the Bible. is like, if I'm single, I'm going to get so much more done. That was his calling. I'm not saying that's, that's necessarily um, for everyone, but I think the reality is... Um, we all have to, I think it's true in every, every stage of life and every shape of relationship, you have to prioritize. Um, I think the question is, how are you choosing your priorities? Right. You know, that's the big struggle for me is like, am I prioritizing the things that are on, you know, I think bluntly, you know, my primary calling in life after my calling to be in relationship with God is to love, live well and love my kids well. And actually, if that bit isn't working, <laughs> nothing else is valid. I'll be a really bad pastor and friend and yeah, it doesn't matter what you're, if, if my wife and my kids hate me, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be, um, that's, that's why that relationship and that place 
is the most important place I go to after my relationship with God. So I think that's, and that is time. I mean, I wanted to, I mean, we can jump around on this question a little bit, but I think for me it's prioritization and understanding how those around me feel loved and doing that well. Because you can, uh, the, the, the older and longer I do being alive, the more I realize that not everybody's the same. <laughs> I see this with my kids. I mean, sure, you see this coming in your kids as they grow up and Mark and your kids as well. But like, they're all really different. And one, one of them will, will be loved in one way, another will be loved in another yeah, way. Um, something I found really helpful, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I thought um, as a church, it's quite a fun um, tool. Um, there's a guy called Gary Chapman, who's a psychologist. And if you've done the marriage course, you'll have come across this. But he talks about love languages Don't get sort of cheese alert, freaked out here. But essentially he says that everybody has like five ways they experience love psychologically. And every one of us is different. So some of us, and whenever you start, whenever I start talking about what the five love languages are, it reveals quite how inept I am at this kind of thing. But um, I think they are like words of affirmation, time, um, acts of service, uh, gifts, and the other really important one. Physical touch. Physical touch, thank you. <laughs> so like, um, thank you, Mark. <laughs> um, so like those five things, like that you can order them in your life. So for, for us, some people, you might say, actually, no, I just really hate physical touch. You can sort of, you know, hands up if that's you. Like some people are like, just don't hug me in a pandemic, please. Like Tando was surprising. Tando was like, I would have thought Tando would be really up for a hug. Tando would be like, whoa, whoa. Awkward hugger, like like awkward, right? But you still do it. But like, and, and others, and others like like I'm married to someone. I hope this is okay, Liv. But like, if I like if I buy her a gift, like you know, Liv is like that's not her like primary love language. She'll be like, have you kept the receipt in case I need to change this? Or like, you know, she's not as excited about it as I am about giving her a gift. You know, she's like. Uh, not to say she doesn't like gifts, she'll tell me off, but no, it, it, the, the reality is her love language is different to mine. I love a gift. Someone like buys me a present, I'm like, oh, fantastic. If it's edible, even better. I'm like, oh, cake, thank you, Jesus. Whereas like others I know I work with or hang out with be like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm all right, thank you. I don't want that gift or um, have you kept the receipt kind of thing. Now we're all probably different. And I wonder if you might think in your head whether you know what your primary way you feel loved is. Like, is there like, you know, is it like acts of service? In other words, when someone does something for you, like does the hoovering or the washing up, you think, oh, I feel loved. Is it like time? I know with one of our kids, like time is the primary way they feel loved. And so sitting down with them and spending time talking to them and hanging out with them. Is it gifts where you're like, hey, um, you know, this present makes me feel amazing. You know, it might be that. Um, is it... Um, uh, Physical affection, Mark. <laughs> What's the other one? Give him a hug. Kind words, words of word affirmation. of affirmation. Words of affirmation. So like saying, hey, you did a really good job with that or encouraging that. And I wonder if you might know off the top of your head what your primary way that you receive and you feel loved is. So let's do a straw poll, okay? Those online, drop it in the chat, but in the room. Is it words of affirmation? Raise a hand if you're like, I love being encouraged. Okay, everyone, just keep your hand up for a moment. Look around the room. Mr. Andy Busk on the front row. Everyone go up to Andy afterwards and say, Andy, you're just so tall. You are so tall. You're amazing how tall you are. 
you know, okay, that's great. Uh, number two, if it's like physical affection, like a hug or a high five, raise a hand. Nay Hayes, right in the back, go hug that man afterwards. Desayo, go hug her. Like, 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 you might be a massive introvert and like hate that kind of thing, but actually you're gonna look. Not Teo's, maybe. Teo, is that not your. Teo, would you stand up? You stand no, up. Don't. <laughs> come on, Teo and Fatai, stand up. Found out. These wonderful people. Come, come Teo, stand up. I don't we get a camera on them. Besides, do you love physical affection? Yeah. And, and Teo, not quite? Oh. <laughs> um, uh, well, we love you guys. And it's cool that you're different, right? So, um, like, Teo, just go, hug Fatai. Fatai, you know, you can sit down. You can sit down. But, um, it, it's cool. It's cool. It's, that, that, I feel it. I feel a little bit Jerry Springer now. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Number three. What's number three? Uh, Let's go for gifts. Gifts. Who likes getting gifts? Interesting. Mark McIver. There you go. Look when you got your work cut out. Like, um, keep your hands up. The the, the, the people who like gifts, just hands up. Okay. Have a look around. Twig is like, yes, that's me. Um, Love it. Um, okay, the fourth one is... Helpful actions service. or acts of service. Acts of service. Who likes someone doing the washing up for them? Acts of service. Okay. <laughs> we love you guys. That's great, isn't it? Um, and what's the last one? Quality time. Quality time, Tolu. Okay. Can we give it up for the quality time? Give everyone a round of applause. Um, thank you so much. Those online, I hope you're jumping in the chat too. I think as well, those can change depending on what season you are in life, in marriage, in singleness. So yes. when you're small and maybe you've got a young family, acts of service can be key for certain people in that marriage. Um, but later on, it could be the quality time. So they can change. And if I can say as a bit of homework, they say that you often express love in the way that you'd like to receive it. And so the default is that you will go in desperation for intimacy and healthy relationships and love everyone the way you want to be loved. And the real homework is to discover the love language of the person in front of you and to try and love them in that way. Does that make sense? Um, so rather than going around saying, you're amazing, you're amazing, that like, means nothing to me. Um, please help. You know, so go away and try and think about how you can really love the person in front of you. Amazing. So we're going to come into land in a moment. And before we do that, some takeaways. Can I encourage us as a community to do what Jesus says, which is to love one another really well? And if we do that, trust me, we're going to need more chairs because the world is longing for a community which loves well. So number one, in a moment, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to be equipped to love one another well because it's really close to Jesus' heart. When the disciples asked him the to-do list, again, John 13, put that word back up. A new command I give you. This is Jesus' to-do list for us. It doesn't change. It's love one another. If we have that verse back up while we're thinking about this, it'd be great. So number one, I'd love to encourage you as a takeaway to, to learn to love one another really well. And that can mean like simple things like helping one another make cups of tea and coffee. You know, the guys who come and help and host and pray and help out a kids group, um, that's the form of serving one another. It's, it's corporately loving one another. Um, but then also, I love to encourage us to have a culture as a church where out of that place of not judging one another and having a safe environment where people can come as they are, also to say we want to encourage and build one another up in love. Um, so we have run marriage courses, marriage prep courses. We run connect groups where people can feel at home. These are not limited and like, like you know, everybody gets to be involved in these kind of things. So there are lots of single people who go on the marriage prep course because they find it helps them grow in their way. They relate to one another. It's fascinating. People who are thinking out, should I marry this person will go and think about that. So let me encourage you. We've got tools at our disposal that can help us as a church 
relate to one another really well. Let me encourage you, if you don't see one, come and ask me and say, look, I'd love some help parenting my teenagers. Um, Or can you help us navigate online with children? Like, we would love to put on things that are gonna help us as a church do that. The same with areas of like mental health. If you're struggling, like we would love to help you. We can't, you know, we can't be like fix everything all the time and get everything right. But as a community, nothing is off the table. You are loved, it's a safe place, and we want to learn how to relate to one another really well. Is that all right? So final encouragement, in a moment I'm gonna pray for John 13, 34 to be a lived commandment for us. But final encouragement as we go around, one sentence from each of you to those online and those in the room, one encouragement about how we might love one another well. I think listening, I think listen to each other because um, I think one of the things if you're married, you can often have conflict and not realise what the person is saying to you. They could be saying, oh, you're doing this and you're, you're spending time with that and this. And actually what they're saying to you is, I want to spend time with you. So it's actually really listening because sometimes say, saying something, trying to get what they're saying rather than they're just hitting you with all these accusations, but actually they want to spend time with you or, you know, whatever. I, I don't know if that, that helps, but... It's brilliant. Uh, I'd say um, add value to the people that God has put in your life. Um, I would say quick to listen, slow to speak, and even slower to judge. Amazing. Yours was so much better than mine. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I'm not going to try better that. That was amazing. Um, That's a great, great way to end. Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.